0: I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. On Saturday, we began a week of celebrations marking the 50th anniversary of St. Stephen's. The confluence of marking the 50th anniversary of our parish this month, within a few weeks of the first anniversary of the June 16th tragedy in our parish hall, seems like a lot of very different feelings to embrace and process within such a short window of time. This month, we will celebrate all the joy of being together as the body of Christ gathered as St. Stephen's. And next month, we will pause to remember three lives ended too soon as we continue to support and uplift all those whose lives have been forever changed by the events in our parish hall last summer. Today, as we look toward both of these commemorations, we do so having come through an especially intense week in which the person responsible pled guilty and accepted a sentence of life in prison without parole. Family members of those who died, along with Catherine, John, and myself, and other supporters of St. Stephen's attended the hearing at which the perspective of the victims was given voice with great courage by Linda Rainey. With this as the backdrop, the readings set forth for us for this fifth Sunday in Easter seem particularly poignant. Usually in sermons I focus on just one of the scriptures appointed for the day, but today I want to walk us through the ways in which the passages from Acts 7, 1 Peter 2, and John 14 are each sources of clarity and insight as we find ourselves in this moment of both celebrating the 50 years of St. Stephen's alongside honoring the sacrifices of those who died and those who were traumatized on June 16th. Let's start with Acts 7. In it, we hear about the final moments in the life of St. Stephen, for whom this church is named. Stephen was the first deacon in the church, which means he was a servant leader amongst the earliest Christians. And not only that, but Stephen was very courageous in sharing his faith, which is what brought him to this moment of truth. In the verses leading up to today's passage from Acts 7, Stephen was speaking before the council, a group not inclined to support him or his message, which was recounting God's faithfulness to his people from Abraham on down through to Joseph and Moses and beyond. Stephen proclaimed that the way of Christ is a continuation of this line, and he declared that all those who persecuted the prophets and the people of God would be held accountable. To give some context, here is some of what Stephen said to the council that led to his martyrdom. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, You are forever opposing the Holy Spirit, just as your ancestors used to do. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one, and now you have become his betrayers and murderers. You are the ones that received the law as ordained by angels, and yet you have not kept it. When they heard these things, they became enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen." This is the backdrop for the verses about Stephen gazing into heaven, seeing the glory of God and Jesus at his right hand. Then, after he affirmed the message he had just given to the council, we read of how Stephen was stoned to death because he wouldn't back down from what he believed about the truth of God and his love. Yet in that moment when those who disagreed with him were in the very act of killing his body— Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he died. It's not hard to see how this story of Stephen, the martyr who is the patron saint of this church, connects with the story of the martyrs of St. Stephen's who stayed true to their beliefs to the very end. They lived out their belief in extending the love and hospitality of Christ and were faithful to that love in their last moments. I imagine that, like Stephen, each of their spirits gazed up into heaven and saw the glory of God, with Jesus at God's right hand waiting there to receive their spirits. As Linda so eloquently put it in her remarks on Tuesday, none of us wonder where they are. We know. Now I'd like to reflect on how the words we hear from First Peter and John 14 are also helpful to us as we look to navigate through these challenging times with hopefulness for what God has in store for our future as individuals and as a church. In 1 Peter 2, we hear this. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals yet chosen and precious in God's sight, like living stones Let yourself be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let yourself be built into a spiritual house, Each of you and every person who has been a part of St. Stephen's over these past 50 years is a living stone, chosen and precious in God's sight. With Jesus as our chief cornerstone, St. Stephen's has been built into a spiritual house, characterized by open hearts, open hands, and open doors. Together, made one in the love of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in and through us, We are God's own people, proclaiming the mighty acts of the one who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. As a spiritual house both empowered by and illumined by the light of God's unending love for us, we are then called to bear that light out into the community beyond St. Stephen's. Even this past year when we found ourselves so unexpectedly propelled into great darkness, Even amidst all of that, we continue to live into God's call for us, which is to follow Christ into his marvelous light and love. As Linda so beautifully proclaimed on Tuesday, love lives, and it is healing. Finally, in John 14, we hear Jesus reassuring his disciples with these words, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may also be. And you know the way to the place where I am going." I would argue that when Jesus talks of his father's house having many dwelling places, he doesn't only mean the places where we will dwell when we die, when we leave this earthly life to be united with God. Our new life in Christ begins here, as we live and move and have our being right now. Today, we have St. Stephen's as one of our dwelling places, a place where Jesus is. Today, we have this place where we come together to worship Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to deepen our faith as we learn and serve together and as we care for and share communion with one another. Today, we are being built into a spiritual house, a holy dwelling in this community of believers that we call St. Stephen's. Amen.